Look, up on the slopes. What is that? Well, it looks like a pair of cross-country skiers going downhill. No, it must be some alpine skiers with broken bindings. Wait, on closer inspection, it's... Those Telly Guys. Good evening and welcome to episode 10 of Those Telly Guys, season 3 in 2022. My name's Rich and I'm joined by the famous Morgan Clark. How you going, mate? I'm going good, thanks, Rich. And... Didn't you just say to me before, is today a milestone episode for those telly guys? Well, yes, we, we can't keep a lid on it anymore. Today we are celebrating the 50th episode of those telly guys. Cue the, Raise the party bat. music. Raise the bat. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. The big 5-0, mate. Congratulations. How does it make you feel? Yeah, and congratulations to you too as well, Rich. Um, yeah, it makes, me, it makes me feel like I've been doing this for longer than it actually feels like I have been doing it for. So, um, yeah, that's that's quite cool. 50 episodes. Um, it's cool. It's interesting. Yeah. How, how are things going up in the Northeast? Uh, things things are good. I was up on Bogong last weekend doing a bit of that country and the conditions were glorious, but that was before all this rain, Morgs. Jeez. Let's talk about the weather for a moment. Captain weather charts, they're all Greek to me, but the weather bureau knows what the weather's going to be. It's the forecast coming for you and me from who else but the weatherman. And here's the latest weather report. Rain and warm. Yeah, well, let's let's definitely talk about the weather. Actually, a um, friend of the show, my father, Tony, he actually sent me a message. Um, he sent me a, a link to an article and he said weather update for the podcast question mark which is just an article from the abc talking about how the the bureau has actually declared a negative indian ocean dipole again likely to add to unrelenting rain in australia's east and how long is that meant to be going on for did they give a time frame on that? Well, I'm not sure. Like normally, you know, when they declare the negative IOD, like it's sort of like a seasonal thing, right? So that's for this coming, like that's for now and this like moving into this summer. Yeah, it just, it means, you know, increased flood risk, all this sort of thing. And actually, apparently Dr. Watkins, who's obviously um, some sort of senior forecaster potentially at the Bureau, says that this year's negative IOD was shaping up to be stronger. More rain. You know, whether that means more snow. We'll have to wait and see, but it certainly means more precipitation. So uh, there's, a, there's a little map that says regions which typically receive more rainfall during the negative IOD. It's obviously not the whole of Australia, but it's pretty much all of Victoria and all of New South Wales, most of Queensland, uh, northern parts of the Northern Territory, most of South Australia, and probably only about half of Western Australia, so through the middle. So, yeah, interesting. Gosh golly, well hopefully we get a few storm cycles that are under zero to top up what we have lost over the last few days because we've had at least 50 millimetres. That's a few inches for those Americans listening and uh, yeah, not much good and not going to be great for the kangaroo hopper in a few weeks. If things don't improve, they might have to change the course a little bit because yeah, the course would have got absolutely shagged but anyway... Yeah, how would the yeah what's what would be the update on the the cross country trails? Like, would Heathy Spur be under siege or? Um... Yeah, I think Heathy will be okay. It's just the stuff on the tarmac. Anything on the Bogong High Plains Road gets pretty fried when they get heaps of rain because it usually is, melts a lot faster on the road anyway. 
because that tarmac just warms up, especially if it's a nice sunny day. So yeah, they typically lose that. And if any XC skiers listening out there that are familiar with the Falls Creek Cross Country Trails, they would agree that the Langford Strait is certainly one that ends up showing a bit of tarmac early. Anyway, this episode, Morgs, looking forward to it, celebrating 50 episodes, and we're just going to throw a whole bunch of segments in it and even give the listeners something new, which is quite exciting. And I hope they enjoy that. So we'll keep it a mystery. Why don't we just dive into the first one, which is a classic, of course. It's the Bogong Bulletin. This is the Bogong Bulletin. Yeah, um, well, first up in the bulletin today, Rich, is the, and we've touched on this you know, a few weeks ago, the Falls Creek Ski Development. Does the resort even care about the lonely little cross-country skiers or is it all for the development of downhill skiing? It is a mystery and someone raised a good point the other day. There's all sorts of posts going up on the Falls Creek cross-country page and like I said, someone raised a good point of saying that the people that want this development are ghosts. They're not really seen skiing around or, you know, promoting it. It's certainly the resort pushing this agenda onto the cross-country network. Yeah, and obviously we're talking about the NRA shed, I assume, um, that we that we spoke about with Lucas yes. a few weeks back. So, yeah, it just seems seems bizarre. Like, what's the, what's the latest on that front? Have you heard anything else, like, on the socials or whispers around uh, the Kiwa Valley, Rich? I guess people are really questioning why. Like, why is this going ahead and why have they approved it? What's it really all about? Because it doesn't really favour cross-country skiing. And the network that we have there is really, really good, and I would agree with this. And a lot of cross-country skis are just trying to determine what the actual rationale of it is. And Falls Creek have come out and have said a few things. And one of them is this, that a new car park, which for the listeners that aren't aware, will be at the Inari Shed, which is part of Falls Creek Resort. But um, to get there, they'll have to clear a cross-country ski track uh, and reveal the road underneath. And they're going to put a car park out there. Hence, destroying part of the cross-country network. But they've since said that that area will become a bit of a hub for downhill skiing in the in the face of climate change because they're going to lose a lot of their northerly aspects they predict because of climate change. So they're going to use that southern aspect near the Inari Shed to, I guess, make developments in downhill skiing and even put a chairlift there, which whispers say have been approved for the future. Wow. So they're basically just going to give up on... Um Haley's common are they and just forget about that being the hub you know when in 15 years time there'll be no uh, naturally created snow in that area something like that I assume that that's where they're going with that because you know like obviously the lakeside there is generally a little bit better at holding snow particularly when we have weather events like we're currently skiing now yeah so is what's it all about it, a lot of people are saying it's all about downhill skiing and not really about the cross-country skiing, um, which they are promoting that it is a benefit for the cross-country network. That benefit is yet to be seen realistically. Um, a cafe out there at the Inari Shed isn't really what XC skiers want. They've already got one at Windy Corner. Maybe they could just mm-hmm. develop Windy Corner instead. You know, a lot of questions being asked, but anyway. Moving on. Avalanches everywhere. The MSC report has just come out today, actually, and they've continued their warnings about the avalanche dangers out there and i'll tend to agree after being up there on bogong for the weekend there's some weird stuff going on so uh, yeah be careful everyone be very careful what have you seen what sort of um snowpack conditions have you seen rich out on bogong well i'm going to say the majority of it's pretty solid but um yeah just that continuous kind of 
windblown kind of slab snow sitting on top and uh, you know we were just skiing the mellow stuff and you know you could see it not slabbing but you know the top layer falling away so i'd hate to be um, hanging out on something that was super steep uh, that would uh, be bad news and on the sunday when we left you know the wind changed and heaps of windblown stuff got pushed into different areas so it's just more loose stuff on top of hard pack and be super yeah. careful and you can see all the photos and stuff that have been put up on social media from the skiers out in the back country particularly around the main range of course so yeah interesting yeah interesting now this one rich is going to warm the cockles of all of the free healers out there the backcountry festival schedule drops tonight i am super excited and um yeah it'll be interesting to see which things are going to be happening when yeah i don't know when it's going to drop but i think you have to be signed up on their kind of mailing list so yeah i'll be keen to see who's speaking and what tours they've got going or you know where the bar is going to be i think it's in the same spot exactly what's going on because it's less than a month away morgs can you believe it uh yeah i'm actually what i'm more thinking about is hopefully i can get up for another ski before the backcountry festival which of course i'm sure that i will you know i don't want to make that the next time i go skiing so yeah because backcountry festival equals september so, yeah, less than a month away. And speaking of backcountry, oh, where, oh, where could Hugh Kingston be? We, of course, interviewed him a few weeks ago, and I can see where he is, Morgan. Would you like to know? Yeah, and how can you tell where he is? Well, he's got a GPS tracker and he's got it on. It looks like he's using his in-reach device and has shared the link um, through his own sort of social media on Facebook. Nice. Nice. Click on that and have a look. So he's yeah he's north of Woods Point or northeast I should say, and he's just a little bit south of Mount Skeen. So he's made good progress in starting on Mount Borbore. Okay, yeah, nice. Yeah, so on the thirtieth of July he took off from Mount Borbore, and he's just south of Mount Skeen at the moment on the fourth of August. So yeah, he's travelling all right. But uh, I do, I am feeling for him. Um, he put up a post recently of what looked like to be a pretty sketchy river crossing, and uh, sounds like he's done a few of them and might have got a bit wet. But, you know, thoughts are with you, Hugh. Stay strong, stay safe. It was, obviously, wouldn't have been great hanging out in that storm for the last few days. Mm. And we are going to look forward to following his progress as he moves on. Sounds like he's doing a bit of walking and not much skiing yet. Yeah, I would definitely imagine so, particularly in that sort of region of the Alps and with the current uh, snow and weather conditions, there might be some, yeah, as you say, high rivers and uh, high snow lines to go along with that. Hopefully soon he'll be climbing up uh, towards Mount McDonald and heading around to the King Billies and eventually getting up onto Mount Howard and he should be on snow then. And good luck, Hugh. We're thinking of you. Yeah, good luck, mate. Now, moving on from the Bogong Dawson, as custom has been on the show, to head straight into the mailbag. You've got mail. And we've got an interesting one here, Morgs, from Balbo. Uh, Balbo Baggins, or Albert Turner, yeah. <laughs> brother of Lenny, <laughs> son of George. Nice, yeah. They've been up in the northeast during the school holidays and okay, had nice. a great time skiing around Mount Hotham. They got some great conditions. But it looks like they dabbled in the dark arts of NTN. <gasps> and he writes a, a message about that. He said, Hi, guys, we enjoyed your last podcast about NTN. I was on NTN for the first time in the past two weeks. Dad tried it too, and it was definitely different. It requires a different skiing style and several days to figure it out. We spoke to other NTN users, and they said the same. 
I think I found that the back foot weight is on your toes instead of on the ball of your foot. I would love to hear the experts analyze variations in techniques between duckbills and NTN. Now, we shared some insight from you, Morgs, a few weeks ago. What have you got to say about that? I'd, again, I would say that I I disagree personally um, with what Balbo's just said. And yet again, I'd be interested to hear what binding and boot combination um, Albert Turner was skiing before he tried NTN and um, his father as well. Because, yeah, I, just, I don't know. I just, as I said, like coming from the T1 and the 22 Designs Axle, I just did didn't think it was that different. Like, yeah, and yeah, the the hinge point felt like it was probably slightly further forward in the boot. But again, I thought that also may have been a, a symptom of having boots that were one size mono point larger than my seventy five mil boots. Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like, I just I don't. I definitely disagree with the sentiment that it requires a different style of skiing. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that it does. I found that my style of skiing that I used with T1s and axles quite suited the style of skiing that I could use with NTN. Yeah, I didn't, yeah, I don't think that it was particularly different. Um, so, yeah. Because I did ask him what setup he was using with NTN because I have heard that the Rotterfeller stuff puts you on your toes a little bit more. Haven't had any experience of that. And he then said, yeah, we use the NTN stuff from Rotterfeller. So that was interesting. And, you know what, Morgs? I'm just going to have to try it, and I will. And this will take us to the new one of the new segments, the catch of the day. There she blows, the catch of the day. Ooh. And this segment is all about bargains of Talamark skiing out there. What can you find? And we have found some absolute bargains. And like I said, I'll be trying NTN soon. Not swapping. Just trying, just dabbling, just sticking a little toe in to see what it's all about because peer pressure. I mean, Morgs, you've tried it. Everyone else says, give it a go. You know, you don't have to love it. You don't have to change. Just give it a go. It's like a, you know, Vegemite chocolate. It, it exists. It's not very good, but I've tried it. <laughs> you know, we'll see how we go. But I found a pair of Garmont Kenai's NTN and 100 bucks, Morgs, absolutely brand new from Snow Trek and Travel in Aubrey. I couldn't believe it. They must have had them just sitting there. No one wanted them anymore. They're my size. And yeah, I snapped them up. They've already arrived at the house. And wow, I'm really surprised at why a boot like this hasn't been replicated by another company or why it's not as popular as I thought it should be because it's a lightweight two-buckle NTN boot. And uh, you actually said something pretty funny about the appearance of them the other day, that they kind of look like an adult Tallydactyl boot, which they kind of do. <laughs> um, but it's super light. I've stuck my foot in. They feel good. They feel reasonably stiff, obviously a lot softer than its predecessors in the four buckle NTN boots, but it's something that we lack now. A lot of people want a light or a lighter weight tally boot in the NTN realm to head into the backcountry. And it's funny that it existed, but didn't continue. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's sort of, yeah, I don't know whether to be surprised that it does exist or to be surprised that there are not more boots similar to that out there available on the market. Um, because like you say, you know, it is it is kind of reminiscent of like that really lightweight Alpine touring boot that we've started to see in maybe the last five to seven years. Like I think the first ones that I remember seeing 
in the AT world were sort of like the, you remember Arcteryx? I don't even know if they still do it, but they were making like AT boots that were quite low in the cuff and, you know, only had maybe, you know, maybe they even only had one buckle or certainly no more than two. And I have seen um, like those Scarpa ones, like those blue and white and orange mm. Scarpa ones that only have a couple of buckles and they're obviously designed to just be super lightweight. Like, you know, you might potentially trash them after, you know, a few days of hardcore resort skiing. They're sort of more designed for loping around in the bc but um yeah you're right like we were discussing earlier today or uh, a couple of days ago when we spoke on the phone that in the telemark world there's not really much like that like you know i pick up any of my three pairs of telemark boots and they're all very heavy and they're all you know massive four buckle boots you know built for skiing fast and skiing hard like there's just no ifs or buts about what they're designed for and you know we just kind of take that as uh, the status quo when we head into the backcountry that this is the gear that you use, this is the gear that's available. So you just use it and you just kind of get on with the job. But, um, you know, as you say, it is very peculiar that there isn't a market for or that no one's tapped into the market for something like a Garmont Kenai um, to continue being made for reasons of purely just going into the backcountry and having a lightweight boot. Yeah. And we're talking a few hundred grams each boot, you know, being lighter. It's not like it's the ultra light carbon sort of mashup of, you know, the Alpine boots world sort of thing, but it's it's good. It's light. It's comfy. I don't know, easy to tour in, it seems, I would think. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm surprised it's not around. But anyway, um, we'll see how I go. I might try those out on the weekend and uh, Lucas can be my demo guy, try and convince me that NTN is the realm that I should enter into, but... I'm just, yeah, like I said, just giving it a go, giving it a try. Not going to change. Now, another outrageous bargain. Now, I found these, can you believe it, on Facebook Marketplace. A pair of T1s, the latest model, where it's got that kind of aqua blue and the whatever the charcoal color is called. And they kind of look good on Facebook Marketplace. And he sends them along. for Now, this is our mate Ferg, of course, one of those telly guys. He's after a new pair of duck bill boots. And uh, when he said new pair, he didn't literally mean new, just secondhand. But they arrived and they are brand new. 300 bucks. And simply because the guy tried NTN and he didn't want to do duck bills anymore. Just wanted to get rid of them. But he never used them. They kind of seem hot to me, but I asked him the right questions and he seemed to answer them the right way. Like only a tally skier would know the answers to the questions I was asking, but I can't believe it. And we talked about this earlier, in, I guess, maybe season one or early season two, just about hanging around and, you know, eventually bargains just pop up. And I guess if you're in the right place at the right time, you can score them and then, you know, you can get this kind of cheap way of getting into not just NTN, but of course, tally in general. So keep a lookout, people. Those bargains are out there. Yeah, it's an unbelievable bargain. For just a few hundred dollars, Ferg is just going to be fulfilled for another goodness knows how many seasons. Uh, so yeah, great, great bargain. Good digging, good hunting. And um, yeah, kudos to everyone. While we're on the topic of gear, another, another great segment. We've been talking about reviewing gear, and this is Telemark Brand Power Morgs. <laughs> Telemark Brand Power, helping you buy better. Are you excited for this? Yeah, I am. I'm excited for this new gear review segment. Um, yeah, as I understand, you've uh, yourself 
got yourself some some nice backcountry gear um, over the last couple of seasons, which you've just been itching to get out and use. You know, every time I every time I see Rich, he's always like, oh, I just can't wait to to try this piece of gear out. Can't wait to get up on Bogong and just plunge, pull my way through neck deep pow on the summit ridge. Um, so yeah, like yeah, it'll be interesting to hear what um, what you have to say about it. Yeah, well, yeah, like we said, a new segment to review gear, and in the future we'll be having a look at telemark bindings that we've used in the past, and you know, skis and stuff too. So I'm excited for this segment. And this, I guess, the first brand power is all about lightweight backcountry gear in terms of crampons and ice axes slash shovels. So I picked up this stuff prior to the season and have wanted a new pair of crampons for some period of time. And we're looking at today the Petzl Leopard and the BCA Shacks. Now, the Leopard is a lightweight alloy crampon and the BCA Shacks is a combo uh, snow shovel and ice axe. And I won't dive too much into them, but uh, use them for the first time on the weekend on some icy stuff. And yeah, they were great. But the the Leopard, I'll just read a little blurb here for you, Morgs. Extremely light due to their aluminium construction. Leopard lever lock crampons are perfect for ski touring and snow travel. The Cortex flexible linking system minimizes bulk for ease of carrying. And I can tell you, they were fantastic, Morgs. Really, really good. And they look good as well. So, you know, it's always important to make sure that whatever activity you're doing, that you look good while you do it as well um and yeah the bright orange color of petzl leopard is just uh fantastic and it'll make you stand out um from your mates when you're out um you know cruising up a dangerously icy slope or something like that and it did it did make me stand out not just because of the brilliant color but just how simple they are because a bunch of mates up there had kind of like the frame, I guess, sort of style boot crampon, which are, you know, a lot heavier than this system. This is literally, I guess, the teeth at the front and back for your boot. And then it's connected by a cord, which makes it super light and easy to throw in your bag. And they were fantastic coming down on the icy slope of Estale Spur early on Sunday. Great system as well. Like it seemed to, like when you showed me the uh, the leopard um, in your house and we were playing around with them on the boot, like it just... I loved the the system that it that it had for for connecting to the boot. Yeah, it's just just like an old heel throw for a pair of seventy five mil boots. Getting the binding on at the back there, you can just flick that on once it's thrown around the, the toe piece, and it just snaps into place as long as you've got the tension right. And uh, yeah, I guess some of the pros are that it fits the duckbill nice and easy. It's got a great heel throw and it's super light. But I guess one of the cons is that um, I don't know how long this cord will last over time when it's you know getting trod on through snow and ice. And it, but and as you even you know, and that's pretty good if that's um, you know the number one sort of uh, con that you can think of about the leopard, you know, because the cord is just going to be so easy and cheap to replace. I guess the the thing with that is that you know it may potentially break while you're using it. One thing I was going to ask you about them, though, Rich, was do they get, uh, because of the nature of the, like how there's two different parts to it and then it's connected by cord, like do they get tangled when they come in and out of the bag? Uh, No, I think if you put them in the right way, it's kind of like a set of chains for your car, I guess, (laughs) a lot less complicated. But uh, you can fold them back on one another so the, the front, I guess, toe piece kind of fits snugly into the heel piece and you can just put them in their little orange bag and they're good to go when you pull them out. Yeah, so not really, yeah, complicated at all. Didn't get tangled once when I was using them, so. Nice. And what about the BCA shacks? Want to talk now about Now, the that? BCA shacks, this is an interesting one. And the, I guess the whole reason 
for me looking for these things is that, you know, I did my back last year and I'm kind of conscious of weight in my bag, but I still want to carry all the right gear uh, just in case because the gear you don't have is the gear you need, it seems, or at least I've discovered when I've been up there. So the BCA Shacks, it's a Shack Speed Avalanche Shovel and Ice Axe. It is the lightest combo product for ski mountaineering. The Rescue Shovel comes with an interchangeable Ice Axe head for type one or basic Ice axes. Saves weight and space in your pack by eliminating redundant shaft for separate ice axe. Great addition in your spring slash summer skiing arsenal. Shovel still operational when switched to axe mode. Includes hardware to utilize the blade and shaft to make a rescue sled with K2 skis. Now, use it on the weekend. And yeah, what a fantastic thing to have because obviously not not every day using an ice axe up there, especially if you're just skiing mellow stuff. But um, it was super useful to have as a self-arrest tool when coming down Eskdale. And just the ability to swap that shovel out and have your ice axe on there, super useful. And you only got that one shaft, super light. It was really good. Yeah, I must admit when you first uh, sent a message to me showing me the pictures of the shacks and explaining that you bought it i thought it was a bit of an outrageous gimmick you know this thing that had a an ice axe and a shovel all in one i thought oh well how good could it actually be but when i did see it in real life in the flesh i could see that it is actually a really quality product so yeah well done on, on another great lightweight uh, multi-tool find so yeah it looks like a, it looks like a pretty nice bit of kit i guess the pro is that yeah saving weight by taking one tool it's probably that you know the age-old saying of jack of all trades master of none sort of scenario but i guess you know for just for the most part doing some spring touring a jack of all trades is probably all i need now i believe you've got some promotional snow for us here rich ladies and gentlemen boys and girls look to the skies that's promotional snow i do and this one's not really about any puns. It kind of relates to the most recent snowfall I had, which was on Sunday. And it was marginal morgues, like it just snowed, but it was heavy. It was pretty interesting to see what they said. And one of our alert listeners sent in some information about the differences between what the resort was saying and what the ski patrollers were saying. Vale as a company was kind of spruiking all of their resorts, Perisher, Falls Creek and Hotham. And it said this morgues, and I think you'll find this interesting, fresh power across our resorts, snowfall is back. August couldn't have started better, with over 13 centimetres falling across Perisher, Falls Creek and Hotham. Our resorts are looking fabulous. Grab your wide nose board or your powder skis and get amongst the power stashes. Don't sit by dreaming of deep days, make the most of your pass holder benefits and join us. That sounds very inviting, yeah. With 13 centimetres falling across Perisher, Falls Creek and Hotham. Is that combined, Morgs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that, yeah. It's probably like two centimetres at Falls, you know, three centimetres at Hotham and eight at Perisher. Yeah, there's probably a lot of people in the States that wouldn't get out of bed for 13 centimetres, but, you know, we uh, certainly celebrate any snow that falls down here in Australia and uh, we'll definitely get out of bed for that. What do the patrollers say? This is what the ski patrol note said, which is vastly different from... What Vale was saying. Snowfalls overnight of 13 centimetres have left variable conditions that you can't turn in, you can't climb in, and you can't see in. There you go. <laughs> Straight to the point. I love that. Very, very honest report from the patrollers there. And you wouldn't expect anything less, you know, when they've got people's safety at the front of mind. But yeah, that just goes to show that the resorts, we all know that they're just, they just want our money, you know. And I guess it would be nice if the ski patrollers sent those reports out to everyone. But this is, of course, an in-house kind of message 
that they send amongst each other and uh, a mole of ours sent this to me, a little spy in the school ah, patrol realm. Yes. So, yes, unfortunately, not accessible to everyone, but, you know, we've got a little spy out there. So thank you, spy. I appreciate it. What about that. Bill? I wonder what Bill Barth would have said, though, because doesn't he do like a little bit of a report yeah. or, you know, publish a little thing? He must have just got straight to the point, like, yeah, it's absolutely yeah. dog shit out there. Don't bother. Yeah. yeah, he's a pretty honest. So if you want a good, honest <laughs> review... Yeah, hit Bill Barker's report up if it's still out there. I'm pretty sure it is. Now, moving along, getting to the pointy end of the show here, but some telemark therapy time, Morgs. I've got some- Another great segment. I love it. Another great segment. And there's something that's really bringing me down. So let's go to telemark therapy now. Welcome to telemark therapy time. Today, you're joined by doctors- Rich and Morgan. They're here to discuss all the problems that you have experienced as a telemark skier. You are not alone in this. We are all in this together. You are a good person. So, grab your favourite mix of scroggan, a cup of your favourite brew of kombucha tea, and sit back as we talk about the problems we experience together. Telemark therapy time. What's bringing you down, Rich? Tell me. You can you can tell me. This is a safe space. Well. Firstly, I want to thank you for being my telly friend, Morgan, who is there to listen to me in times of need. You're welcome. There has... uh, No, no, thank you. There's something that's really getting me down, making me quite sad. And I've seen too much of this recently. And we saw the first example up at Perisher and around Jindabyne when we were gallivanting around there in the telemark shops, having a look for bargains. And Mm. hanging on the walls were a bunch of pattern-based skis, most of them mud schuss anims, and uh, sorry, brings a tear to an eye. <laughs> it's um, these pattern-based skis mounted with what I would expect to see, you know, a G3 Targa, something like that, something pretty neutral, easy to tour in. No, just just really powerful bindings with no tour mode, like hammerheads on Mudshus Adams. It's just such a waste. It makes no sense. Yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah, imagine how sore your calves would be after trying to chook foot around in a pair of vices or yeah, just um yeah, it uh it's a head scratcher for sure, Rich. Yeah, and I've just seen it too much like our friends at Timbertop, their students, vices. They all have vices. Which would be just do they? Heinous to pet. Yeah, they do. <laughs> do they all get their own skis, do they? Yeah, right. Yeah, when they're jumping around on the high planes and whatnot. Yeah. It'd be awful. But uh, most recently, a, a friend of ours is on Bogong and we shall leave these Talmark skis unnamed because they're in a, a, going through a period of distress at the moment about this sort of situation. And we're here for you, by the way. Um, so please call in and, and let us know if you want to talk about it. But a, a Talmark skier recently purchased a pair of skis and bindings from a well-known store and they bought a set of Epochs, which is the... I guess the model under the Anim, a bit narrower, 
mounted with a vice and uh, they hated it. They really didn't like it. They got misled. They were told that'd be a great setup and then meeting their friends with tour mode and, and whatnot. Yeah, it was very sad. So just don't do it, people, you know. Put tour mode bindings on your pattern-based skis. This makes way more sense. And even just your backcountry skis. At, at least give yourself the option, you know, of having tour mode, of, you know, freeing up the, uh, yeah, because we all, you know, I've, I've been there. I've skied skis in the backcountry that did not have tour mode back when I had, uh, you know, less of an idea and also uh, less dollars in my bank account. Um, and, you know, I've tried skinning with skis that had hammerheads on them and it's hard work. It's it is. really hard compared to um, skis that have a free p- pivot tour mode. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's that aspect. And there's also the aspect of that when I think of a ski like an Anim or a Fisher S-Bound or a Madrus Epoch that we're talking about here, you want to be, you want the freedom of movement because, you know, the, the great thing about that ski is that it's lightweight. It's got some nice camber, some nice rocker in it. Um, you know, it's it's good for like skating around on and, you know, maybe skiing down a few few slopes and skiing up a few slopes. And you want something that's going to be fairly versatile. So, you know, nice to turn in, but also um, not super stiff so something softer like a g3 or perhaps even a volley switchback is going to be definitely the ideal binding for that ski in in our opinion anyway it just made me sad more thanks for listening about that it's just um so sad for the the binding too like it's never meant to be in that sort of situation you know just a bad situation sorry i feel better now i feel better now what have we got next morgs Another age-old segment to cap off our 50th episode together on Those Telly Guys. What a celebration it's been. Yeah, it looks like we've got a Songs for the Free Healers. Oh, oh, Ooh, we do. Oh, all right, ladies and gentlemen. This is Songs for the Free Healers. All right. A great song to celebrate, 50 episodes. And this is a little tune I wrote, not necessarily about new morgues at all, but probably about a lot of telemark skiers that have a friend was on duck bills for quite a period of time and then swapped to ntn or not swap but try ntn and uh, like myself i'll be trying it it's okay it's okay it's okay you can you can say you wrote it about me it's fine (laughs) (laughs) no it wasn't about you it wasn't about you about myself i was looking at look at me in the mirror when i was wearing the ntn Mm. boots the other day and just thought you know, is this really what I'll be coming? Um, anyway. Toby Maguire putting on the, the black Spider-Man suit, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it's kind of a parody of the Beatles yesterday, and it's about Telemark Skiers giving their duckbill boots away. Oh, I love it. I love it already. I enjoyed creating it, and I enjoyed singing it, and, and who knows, maybe the audiences out there will relate to it. So here it is. Yesterday, my friend gave his duck bill boots away. Now he skis on anti all day, or 75 anti. We once would say, or oh, suddenly. 
not half the man he used to be Stepping in and skiing up on me While I fumble on hands and knees Oh, I had to go All I know, his feet were in pain Yeah, he said as was wrong he's moved on to the new telly way oh yesterday yeah he said axles were the only way but now i found he's in the bin today or oh, now he's free riding the rudder fell away Oh, I, I refuse to change I'm afraid of the new Nordic ways Yeah, dark buds sound so wrong So move on, I don't want to change Oh, yesterday, yeah, my friend gave his duck bill boots away. Now he skis on NTN all day, or oh, 75 and dead. We once would say, yeah, 75 and dead. We once would say seventy-five and ten. We once would say. Bravo, Rich, and uh, yeah, just great to see a Beatles song making its way into the songs of the Free Hills. Amazing. That's that's the first one. That is amazing, actually. I really thought, thinking back, that we might have had one, but no. We've had a really eclectic bunch of songs that we parodied, and the Beatles, welcome to the show, the Beatles, and that's it. And again, if anyone's got some suggestions out there, I've had a few that I'm working on, but uh, if anyone's even got their own songs for the Free Hills, p- please send it in. We'd love to play someone's song. Yeah, and I can't wait for uh, for Crowey's submission when whenever that's going to come through. So, oh, hopefully, very much looking yeah, forward to that. Don't want to don't want to spill the beans early on. Uh, you know the whispers of what song he might be parodying it, but um, yeah, I think it'll be good. There's some other things going on too, but we won't reveal much. But thanks, Morgs, for a great fiftieth episode celebration. Really enjoyed the last three seasons, and who knows where we'll be when we make our one thousandth episode. Oh. <laughs> I might be sitting here with a grandchild on my knee, but, um, yeah, we'll see how we go. Well, we've got some great episodes coming up in the next few weeks and some interviews that have been stockpiling in the Telemark podcast tree, just like little squirrels caching podcast nuts, and uh, they'll be released soon, including a world Telemark ski racer, which is quite exciting. Ooh, yeah, that's a a big reveal there, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah, so... Keep your ears open for that one. But Morgs, thanks again. Been great. Yes. Thank you and farewell. And farewell indeed. We'll catch you next week. Those telly guys hope you have enjoyed this program. 
We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch at thosetelleguys at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe for more fun episodes. Otherwise, you can find us on Instagram. Thank you. (laughs) 